Percy, I love the fact that in the very beginning in the Bible, the very first creative act of God was facilitated by his spoken words. What do you make of that? Wayne, I believe it is important to understand that there is creative power in our words Mm -hmm. and thus our ability to speak them. And what a challenge it is if we cannot and when people are not able to use their mouth or their voice. So thank God for professionals who work in this field who are trained to help us when this ability is compromised. Let's talk to someone today that's going to help us understand that and other things related to cancer treatment. All right, we'll do that. We'll hear from a speech pathologist who discusses her vocation of helping cancer patients literally find their voice and smile. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Stay with us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. My name is Wayne Shepherd, and I'm here with Percy McRae, the Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I'm sure I don't even need to introduce you to so many people who are listening right now, Percy. You seem to know everybody, and they seem to know you. I think this podcast is reaching a lot of people around the country. It really is. Yeah, we have well over 100,000 subscribers who listen to the show and subscribe in every week. And we are grateful. And let me take the opportunity to say thank you for those who subscribe and continue to recommend subscribing to this program as we continue to commit ourselves to helping cancer patients and their caregivers everywhere. Yeah, and let me build on that for a moment because when you review this podcast at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or other platforms, it really helps let other people know that we even exist. So thank you for those reviews if you have found this program to be helpful. And one of the things about a podcast is it's great to be able to go back and listen to past episodes anytime at your own schedule. You know, this is this is on-demand listening, so to speak, right? And it makes it very, very convenient. True. That's absolutely true. So we're grateful for modern technology, for sure. So today, the power and privilege of speech, and we'll meet our pathologist friend here in just a moment. Um, there's a question we'd like to ask our listeners this week, though. What's your question? Yeah, our question for today that we would like to present is, how did the power of your words help frame and create your existence in any way. You know, we hear a lot of people talk about the power of of, of positive speaking and and positive language. Uh, How did the power of your words help frame and create your existence in any way? So thank you for taking time to respond to that question at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect. The drop-down menu will give you a chance to type in your response there. It's very easy and very quick, and we just love to hear how, uh, how you respond to that question. One mm. of the earlier questions we asked was, what new things did you have to learn after a personal crisis? A friend in Boise, Idaho wrote, I had to understand how my eating habits impacted my overall health and well-being. Well, we've covered that, haven't we, on the podcast, ready from the very first to earliest programs we did. Well, it's important because I think that so much of our, our health really is predicated on how we eat and, and what we do from a dietary perspective. So we appreciate, again, hearing that feedback. And we have had multiple conversations with several nutritionists who continue to remind us the impact, particularly in the cancer community, with regard to dietary practices. There's a resource that we'd love for our listeners to download at the website. And you've given this, I think, kind of a provocative title, Better Because of Cancer. Yeah, I think you need to explain this one, Percy. 
Yep, because the initially listening to that, it, it's, it seems a bit deceiving because there's nothing good no. initially about being told that one has cancer, and I can relate to that. But uh, what happens is, and what may happen and can happen for many, uh, as they work through the process and, and get to, if you will, the backside of being a cancer patient and an experience of cancer, and we have had many and a multitude of interviews on this platform of patients who have said, as a result of having cancer, my life is different and more focused. Uh, my relationships are better. My relationship with God is better. As we just listened to a previous comment, uh, I eat, I'm more healthier and I'm more health conscious. Well, in many cases for those folks, that was all driven and motivated through the dynamic of fighting through and working through a cancer diagnosis. And so in a very uh, serendipitous manner, uh, we can potentially be better as a result of working through a cancer diagnosis mentally, emotionally, and physically because cancer challenges us to reevaluate our life and how we live it. And there may very well be some things that we can adjust because cancer forced us to take a different look and a hard look and how we conduct ourselves. So potentially, we can be better yeah. as a result of cancer. I understand. And the resource, again, is titled Better Because of Cancer. You can download it at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can download Scripture anytime by opening the Word, and Percy's going to open the Word to us right now, as a matter of fact. Our spiritual nugget for today is found in Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. And it'll help to frame the discussion, if we will, philosophically, because of the speech pathologist that we'll talk to from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Today, we're going to hear from a speech pathologist who helps people to regain the ability to speak and to smile and to swallow and etc. Well, the power of our mouth is a God-given gift, and we're going to understand how a clinical professional helps people to regain the ability to use their mouths effectively. Just one more thing before we meet our guests. With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach to combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by calling 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We are inspired very often every week by our guests on the program, and Percy introduces us now to this week's guest. Well, hey, I'm so excited to be back with you again with another guest, someone here to talk about uh, the whole dynamic of cancer. And I know that when we uh, started this program many years ago, we were wondering how many people would be interested in hearing a conversation about cancer. And as it turns out, a lot of people, because we know that this is still in many cases uh, a conversation that that still has the wall of silence built around it. People are still unsure of what to say or think or feel. And we're here to tear down that wall of silence. We're here to create 
a comfort level and inspirational uh, approach to the subject. And so today we have with us Jennifer Cargile, who is a uh, she is the supervisor of oncology rehab and also is a speech pathologist uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta. Uh, she's been uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of Atlanta for eight years now. Uh, she's been a speech pathologist for 13 years. And so we're going to talk about uh, rehab and, and what does that mean in the oncology space. And so first and foremost, welcome to the show, Jennifer. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Reverend McCray. I'm so excited to be here and share a little bit more about oncology rehab and what that's like. Well, it's our pleasure and it is our privilege to have you with us today. So thank you so very much. And so first, let's just get right to it and and ask uh, very quickly, what motivated you to go into this vocation? Yes, absolutely. So um, I kind of have to tell a story about this. So I grew up in a family who a pharmacist. In fact, um, my dad's a third generation pharmacist, uh-huh. owns a family owned pharmacy that turned 100 years old this year. Wow. So um, had, it's now been in the family for 100 years. And mm. so everybody thought that I would be the pharmacist. I but um, my parents um, truly believe in a calling that each person has a calling mm. and so did not feel that I should be a pharmacist if that was not my calling. Mm-hmm. And so really encouraged me to come work in the family pharmacy and decide if that's really what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I found quickly my junior year of high school, that is not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. (laughs) And that maybe God had something different for me. And so started um, looking around my senior year and observing what, what did I want to do? And so my babysitter growing up was a speech language pathologist in town. Hmm. And she said, Hey, why don't you come with me? And um, see what I do. And so the first session that I sat down with her, she was working um, with a child who had autism mm. who had never produced a certain sound. And so she was working with him and he produced that sound that day while I was there. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how awesome is this yeah. that you're able to help a child or an adult um, be able to speak and communicate mm. and how important that is. And so um, I really felt like the Lord was calling me to be a speech pathologist. And so I went to college for that. Um, In college, I thought I was going to be a pediatric speech pathologist. Mm. I got the opportunity to do a medical rotation, actually here in Warm Springs, Georgia, at the Roosevelt Institute for Rehab. And it was during that medical rotation um, that I was able to work with adults and my eyes were just open. I always um, have said that it's one thing to give a child the ability to be able to communicate again, it was another for me to be able to work with adults and help them get back something they lost, whether it be their ability to communicate or their ability to swallow or their ability to remember information. And so um, I've been doing it for 13 years. I tell people I absolutely love what I do. I can't imagine doing anything else. Well, we thank God that you followed your calling and your passion and um, and your parents were absolutely right because the Lord can only um, – energize that which he has called and placed in us. And so sounds like that you've done the right thing. On that note, let's segue right into what is the role then, therefore, of rehab for cancer patients? What does that mean? There may be someone that is listening today and like, I really don't know what rehabilitation services are for cancer patients. Let's talk about uh, the role of rehab for cancer patients. Absolutely. So let's talk about what disciplines are within rehabilitation. So we have physical therapy or PT, occupational therapy, OT, and then speech language pathology. 
or speech therapy. Okay. So um, I think that people think of PT and they think of, oh, I have a shoulder injury or I've got a knee injury and I'm going to go to this gym and they're really going to exercise me. And that makes cancer patients a little reluctant to come to therapy because they're like, I'm tired. I'm going through chemo. I'm going through radiation. I can't get on this piece of equipment. I I can't go to a gym. Mm. And that's not at all what physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy is in the context of oncology rehab. Okay. So we work on a variety of different areas. I'm just going to give a few. Um, and maybe that'll make people more comfortable with going and seeing a therapist yeah. um, when they're going yeah. through cancer. So with physical therapy, we work a lot um, with patients who are having endurance issues. Okay. So all the research shows in cancer that it's important that you continue to move. Hmm. And patients don't realize that they're tired. They just want to lay down. They want to sleep. They want, you know, they want to rest. But the problem is if you're resting all of the time, you know, you know, you are always tired. Yeah. So that, It's kind of a nasty cycle. You continue to be tired. But what the research shows is if we can keep you moving, we can keep your energy levels higher during treatment. Okay. Okay. So we work a lot with that. We also work a lot with chemo-induced peripheral neuropathy. So patients who can't feel their hands or their feet. And so that can um, affect them in a variety of ways. Maybe they can no longer drive their car because they can't feel the gas pedal. We've had patients tell us that. Or they can't button a shirt for themselves. Mm. And so we can assist with that as well. Okay. And, and when I hear that, and when I hear that, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think that people really disconnect from the idea of movement uh, with regard to the dynamic of cancer. Uh, and I'm, I'm certain that it seems counterintuitive to associate, well, I'm tired, I, I feel lethargic, but if I, if I rest... Uh, and I heard one gentleman say it this way. He said, if you rest, you rust. Uh, and I thought it was a very interesting word picture that movement helps to stimulate energy and get people active and going. And so uh, it makes sense when you sit and hear it in, in, in that context. Um, that being said, I guess then it will help us to understand why rehab is so important to the cancer community at the end of the day, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be able to get you up and moving. And um, we have patients say all the time, Jennifer, I can't do anything about my cancer. I have to put that in God's hands. I have to put that with my medical oncologist. They were like, but I want to be able to do something. Mm. What can I do for myself? And that's where rehab can be hugely helpful to a patient because we can Mm. give you the tools, the exercises, the things that you can do on your own at home to help your energy level, to help your endurance um, to help the fatigue, to help your memory. I mean, I work with lots of patients who have cancer-related cognitive impairment, or patients call it chemo brain. Okay. And so they're like, what can I do about that? And so I have patients come see me. I give them exercises. I give them tips like, okay, let's use your phone alarms to go off every day to remind you to take your medication in the morning and your medication at night. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, your brain is having to process a lot of information let me help you take some of that stress off by using tools that you may never have used before, but now you need to. Okay. Now that you're, you know, walking through this cancer journey. Makes makes perfectly good sense. I really appreciate you kind of explaining that dynamic. Uh, what are a couple of important things that every cancer patient should know about rehabilitation services? What should they? Yeah. A couple of things. Yes. So I always tell patients, give us a chance. Mm. If your doctor has referred you to PT or OT or to speech, 
come to the first session. Give us a chance. Let us get to know you and what your goals are. Okay. We want to help you achieve your goals. And I've found that our patients who are willing to come to that first session and give us a chance are willing to come back for a second, a third, a fourth. And some of the patients are like, oh, I don't want to get rid of therapy now. I need to continue to do this forever. I'm like, no, no, no. The purpose of therapy is not to be with you forever. It's to be with you to get to your goals and then give you a toolkit for you to continue to be able to meet goals, okay. you know, as your cancer journey changes. Okay. That's, that is that is so vital, and I appreciate that. Let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the role of faith, spirituality, uh, in the context of clinical care, cancer, and from a yeah. personal perspective, what what is the value or the power of spirituality and faith for you personally in terms of just dealing with the, the uh, environment of, of oncology patients? I have people that tell me all the time, I've been doing this for 25 years, God, that's, that must be a really terrible job. That must be really hard to do every day to just sit and hear and talk about cancer or support people with cancer. How does your faith empower you with this environment and how do you think from your perspective does faith or spirituality help cancer patients to work through their process of clinical care absolutely so i get the same thing almost daily when somebody asks me oh what do you do or where do you work and i say oh i work at the cancer treatment centers of america and they're Mm -hmm. like oh that must be a really hard job Mm -hmm. and my response is no it actually is not I, i really feel like that the lord has allowed me to be a part of these people's lives at this moment Mm. um, to be able to pour into them and to bring them hope and for them to realize that there are things they can do um, to help themselves. And so I I just have counted it as an honor to be able to work here for eight years and to go through this journey with people. I have people, patients that I met the very first week that I worked here at CTCA And eight years later, they still come to see me. I know about their grandchildren and I know about, you know, uh, everything that's going on. Like, oh, now your grandchild's graduated. They're getting married. And I know all those details. And it's just fantastic because I was with them when they were in the depths of uncertainty Mm. and fear and where, you know, will I be here three months from now? And here we are eight years later to see it on the other end. Um, and so I feel like my faith is extremely important to for every day, to be here every day. And honestly, it would be very hard for me to do this job if I didn't have my faith mm. in the Lord. Um, it would be very sad. But instead, I find it to be encouraging. And, and to see the Lord work in people's lives yeah. is absolutely yeah. just amazing um, each and every day. I've also noted that my patients who have faith and a deep faith in the Lord um, have a completely different outlook Mm. on this journey than my patients who do not. Um, I talk a lot. I work a lot with head and neck patients. Um, So patients with head and neck cancer who have to go through radiation, which can be extremely challenging um, and have a lot of side effects that are not pleasant. And what I always tell my patients before they even start radiation is I go, attitude is everything when it comes to this. And sometimes you have to put your mind over the matter. Mm. And so so you have to go ahead and set up that no matter what I may experience, I'm going to continue to push through. And so my patients of faith have the attitude of, you know, the Lord is with me. I know he's with me. This is extremely tough, but I'm just leaning on him. And I find that their attitude about the process usually is much more positive 
You know, you're you're absolutely right. And in many cases, you know, maintaining a positive attitude may buoy patients to help them, you know, work through challenging uh, clinical care scenarios, you know, to be hopeful. And I thought it was important that what you did not say, uh, and we always make very clear on this show, is that, you know, faith and spirituality is not to be used in replacement of good clinical care, but to be combined and integrated and amalgamated together. And so I I really appreciate uh, you making those points. It, It sounds like that uh, God is using you in a tremendous way and that you you thoroughly enjoy the work that you do. And so uh, with the closing seconds that we have left here, uh, the question to be asked then, what is it that continues to propel or energize or, or give you hope at the end of the day? Sure. So um, a few things. I feel like, you know, my relationship with the Lord and my faith in him definitely has always driven my hope. Right. And so I know that he sees the big picture while I only see the day to day. And so I trust and that, you know, he is sovereign and all powerful and all knowing. And so, um, and I trust that, you know, while I can only see the day to day, he sees the big picture and that gives me hope. Um, What energizes me to continue to do what I do every day here are my patients. I mean, in fact, I actually have sitting on my desk and I'm going to read something that a patient gave me Okay. Um, last year. It says, um, because of you, I laugh a little harder, cry a little less and smile a lot more. Mm. Um, This was a patient who, after surgery, was unable to smile. And so she and I worked on exercises to get her facial muscles stronger again so that she could smile again. And so she now has a symmetrical smile. She feels confident when she goes out. And so she gave me this little plaque, but the deal is when she gave it to me and she explained to me, she was like, you know, you made me smile again. So this made me think of you, but honestly, this makes me think of my patients. Mm. Um, each of them, some of them made me laugh and sometimes very hard. Right. And I get just so tickled and I cry a little less because I'm motivated by my patients and I see how strong they are. Yeah. And it gives me strength to realize like, you know, this patient's going through, thousand times worse things than I'm going through on a daily basis. And if they can get through it, so can I. And it just gives me energy to continue. Well, thank you so much. Today, you've heard from Jennifer Cargyle. She is uh, the oncology rehab supervisor and speech pathologist uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Atlanta. Uh, Just an unbelievable spirit of, of, of eagerness and excitement and energy. And she's providing motion for life for patients uh, who need to be energized and inspired to keep moving forward in the midst of uh, and while dealing with cancer. Today, uh, we thank her so much and we appreciate you, my dear, and uh, continue to be encouraged in the work that you do and continue to know uh, that I am standing in agreement with you. I pray with you and I thank God for what you get to do every day and may all of your dreams come true and may the Lord continue to bless the work of your hands. Take care and be well on today. God bless you. Thank you so much. Well, that recorded earlier, Percy McRae with Jennifer Cargyle. I, I tell you, that story of, of the patient who couldn't smile and she helped them learn how to smile all over again and then the act of kindness. I mean, that that's a great story. Well, this is this is a tremendous servant who who is well-trained, but also has the spirit and the heart of God and the commitment of understanding of being a gift, and she talked about that, and and what a, a way to be rewarded for the work that that one does, 
in terms of being able to help facilitate someone regain their smile, I would have to imagine as she articulated with her plaque that she has the that reminds her of that occasion that it has to warm her heart and inspire her every day to do the work yeah. that she does. Yeah, I want to talk more about it in just a moment. Caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. So to address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you're a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. You'll be glad you joined and joining us free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and check out the Ministry Leaders Network today. Well, Jennifer is one of those uh, selfless servants who come along and uh, just do what they do for the glory of God. It's really amazing. Yeah, she's another shining example, uh, again, within the health industry. And I think it's important to highlight the fact that, that, you know, probably some of the most unsung heroes are individuals in the trenches every day in the health community, helping cancer patients and others work through the challenges and rigors of health and wellness and recovery. Uh, Jennifer helps us to understand the power of, of rehabilitation and uh, helping people regain strength to walk, uh, to talk. Uh, to have movement, and of course, you know she's a uh, she's a uh, part of a family of pharmacists that at one point she thought, and I guess the thought was uh, assumed that she would be a pharmacist. Sure. Well, with a hundred year history, years. of course. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you know her parents said to her, which I thought was an amazing statement, that they firmly believe that everyone has a, a gifting and a calling, and that she needed to follow her passion of what that gift and call was. And it was not to be a pharmacist. And so then she found herself down the path of uh, being a a pediatric speech uh, pathologist. And then she became the director of of rehabilitation within a cancer community. And so she oversees, you know, the disciplines of physical therapy, of uh, occupational therapy, and of course, speech language pathology or speech therapy. And she is uh, just a very committed and wonderful believer and clinician at the end of the day. Yeah, I learned some interesting things from her today. She talked about endurance issues and how she's able to help uh, cancer patients with those issues. Uh, resting all the time, she said we can feel tired, actually. It has the opposite effect. So, you know, to get up and get moving when you can, as often as you can, is a good thing. I can relate to this directly, Wayne. When I had my uh, surgery for, you know, resection of my colon almost two years, uh, well, now two years ago now has come and gone. Uh, one of the things that was uh, emphasized the very afternoon of, of that major surgery, uh, they had me up walking the floor to walk as much as I possibly could so that I can get the body back into some format and fashion of movement. I wasn't encouraged to overdo it, but I was encouraged to move and not just lay in the bed and rest. And so it's a very interesting school of thought. And she made reference to some research that was suggesting uh, that movement is good uh, for treating cancer patients. So I took the liberty to actually look up uh, some information. And and I I found a study that was reported by Harvard Uh, dated back June 13th, 2018, and it was authored by uh, Dr. Monique Hello. And this is what, uh, 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 just a quick caption from that report. 
a national cancer organization has issued formal guidelines recommending exercise as part of cancer treatment for all cancer patients. The Clinical Oncology Society of Australia, COSA, is very clear on the directive. Its recommendations are exercise should be embedded as part of standard practice in cancer care and viewed as an adjunct therapy that helps counteract the adverse effects of cancer and its treatment. All members of the multidisciplinary cancer team should promote physical activity and help their patients adhere to exercise guidelines. And then thirdly, best practice uh, cancer care should include referral to an accredited uh, exercise physiologist and a physical therapist with experience in cancer care. This is exactly the point that Jennifer was making. So I thought it was interesting to highlight that. It was, yeah, yeah. And then the other thing she mentioned that I hadn't thought about is cancer patients who lose feeling in their hands and feet and how she's able to help them as well. Yeah, that's called neuropathy. And I've experienced that as well, not directly related to my cancer, but uh, several years ago, I think it's seven now, I I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Uh, playing basketball, which is a brutal injury. And in the recovery process of healing, you know, uh, it's a a tingling sensation. And it's it's almost like a feeling of pins Mm. being poked in in this particular example. It was underneath uh, my foot. and And there were times that it was excruciating. Well, cancer patients also can experience neuropathy that in many cases, uh, physical therapy, movement, and et cetera, may help to uh, diminish uh, as as people are working through the process of recovery and healing. So it was an interesting point that she raised, and I'm glad that she made it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the bottom line for me in listening to your interview with Jennifer is just the fact that her faith is what drives her to do what she does, and she does it so professionally and so well. Obviously, there's something more behind it, isn't there? That's for sure. And, and, and I totally believe this, that at the end of the day, being only committed to doing something well for the sake of doing something well has a limitation to it. But when we add on to that, the idea of being inspired by the love of God, by the hope of God, and by the calling and purpose of God, you take that and you add a whole nother layer of energy and intentionality that I think is pretty hard to beat at the end of the day. And that was certainly the case with Jennifer Cargill. We want to salute you and say thank you for the work that you do. Uh, and she's just an awesome individual. I enjoyed having that conversation. Yeah, just as she said, patients with faith seemingly have a better attitude in her experience. I think uh, people who uh, do anything have a with faith have a better attitude about it. So I appreciated that very much. Well, thank you yeah. for bringing Jennifer to us here today. Now, let's uh, circle back on the question of the week that we have for listeners. Oh, absolutely. And so that question is, how did the power of words or the power of your words help frame and create your existence in any way? How did the power of your words help frame and create your existence in any way? Give some thought to that, would you please? And then answer, if you would, on our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's very easy. Click on Connect in the drop-down menu. will give you a chance to type in your response there, healthhopeandinspiration.com, which is also where you can download our free resource, Better Because of Cancer. 
Percy described this earlier, and this is a resource. We try to offer a different one each week, and it's available immediately on the website. You can download it. You can print it. You can share it. I think that's the best way to go. Better Because of Cancer is available right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, well, let's uh, let's go back to, uh, was it Proverbs you read earlier? Yeah, it was Proverbs 18, right? Yes, sir. And so our spiritual nugget as we close, Proverbs 18, verses 20 through 21. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We heard today from a speech pathologist who helps people to regain the use of their mouth, the ability to speak, the ability to swallow. And as we heard lovingly, uh, to help people regain their smile today, Uh, Jennifer, we salute you and we thank you and uh, God bless you, dear. All right, that's this episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepard, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I always try to give you the last word, Percy, you never fail me here. And with that being said, let's keep smiling. Let's keep declaring the words of truth out of our mouth as we continue to work toward the goals that are set before us. But we've got work to do, so let's keep chopping the wood. God bless. And would you join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.